The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. This is the way it is in the NFL these days. They'll figure it out. Mike Danger. The return on investment on the offensive side of the ball has been far superior to the return on investment you've gotten on the defensive side of the ball. You've missed. I'm sorry. You can't look at that investment as anything but a bust, a failure. Gene Bataglia. Everybody making excuses for the Buffalo Bills. Stop. You're not outraged. You were last year. You were definitely were two years ago. And now it's just kind of... And when we talk about elite players, like the best players in sports, we talk about them elevating their team in the biggest moments. Quarterback wins are everything. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Jim Harbaugh, named the new head coach of the Chargers. San Diego Superchargers. That's what's in. Who's got it better than us? David Canales, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. The Wizards fire head coach Wes Unsell Jr. Assistant Brian Keith named the interim. Sabres come back and win 5-3. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. I know he's going to be coaching in Los Angeles, but the Chargers do have their roots in San Diego. It doesn't Harbaugh look like one of the guys that would do that. That's what's in. Here with the khakis. Yeah. 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 That, that like... That looks like the kind of move Harbaugh would pull. Like Harbaugh would be with his boys, you know, all the other dads just wearing their khakis and trying to rap something cool about my team. That's what's in. You know, he called in a Rome smack off in the early days of the smack off. Harbaugh? Harbaugh, dude. No kidding. Wasn't very good. No? No, but like, think that, yeah, no, the media thing maybe didn't work out for Harbaugh. Let me try this coaching thing. Yeah, look, um, I'm happy for the Chargers, man. They're exciting. They, they're they're gaining relevance in their own home market. Uh, I'm in a way, I'm jealous. Like you know, I as a Bears guy, I was sitting there thinking to myself, this offseason, Harbaugh is going to be available. He could he has roots in Chicago too. He played in Chicago. He could come to didn't even give him a sniff, man. Not even a sniff. Cheap ass ownership. Forget it. No, we're okay. We got Matt Eberflus. We'll be fine. Well, usually that was the knock on Spanos, right? They don't spend any money Can't there. Say That's that. why they couldn't uh, get a deal done in San Diego. And just let me collect a check here going up to L.A. We'll uh, talk to Thad Brown, News 8 Sports Director here, coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Welcome into the Sports Bar. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for listening locally at 95.7 FM, AM 950. We sound our best in the free-to-download Odyssey app. We encourage you to check out Rewind. If you miss any part of the show, you can go back and listen to it. You can search out the Sports Bar wherever you get your podcasts, your shows. Uh, You'll find all of our guest appearances and shows listed for you there. Also streaming on our YouTube channel at The Fan Rochester and on Twitch at The Fan Rochester and the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line is open for you as well. 585-8664-FAN-866-4326. Starting to look ahead, Danger. Yes, we love football. So championship Sunday and yeah, just playing the soundbite there from Kermit the Frog and the sports update there. And it just reminds me of the Chiefs here. Could Sunday be the last game for Travis Kelsey? I, I think said, he's retiring. Like he and his brother are hot commodities right yeah. now. The podcast is witty. Networks, it's sellable. Networks are going to be falling over themselves to hire the pair. Like, hey, we like the Mannings, but this is the hot new thing. Travis himself, you know, he could pick a studio job. Heck, he could right be in the Fox booth, top booth next year. But 
Like, I like Greg Olson. You don't need to knock him out. No, CBS execs must be figuring out a way. How do we get rid of Tony Romo? How do we get out of that contract? I imagine that if if you wanted to get Kelsey in the booth over a guy like Romo, you would still have to pay Kelsey more than what you're paying Romo. The dude doesn't need... If he puts a ring on it, why work ever? Well, for your manhood, right? You don't want to be Mr. Swift. You, really, yeah. you know what he can do? He can do his podcast with his brother and be totally fine. I think that we, we'd be totally fine if all we heard from Travis Kelsey was the podcast that he does with his brother because it's gotten this kind of traction and it's it's worked its way into, you know. Well, in the marriage, would, we're already saying like, it would it'd be doomed ultimately. You got to have a little bit more. How dare you? How dare you? Of course it wouldn't be doomed. We're talking about royalty here, Gene. No, it, it will be doomed in the end. You really think that he's going to? Yeah, of course. This is it's destiny. It was meant to happen. I've never seen Taylor Swift so happy. Cheering on, being, coming to Buffalo. She came to Buffalo for him. <laughs> yes, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's she a the, matter of she time. She the type is going to put an ultimatum. Like to a to a Marissa Tomei, my she's not biological getting, clock is ticking. She's not getting any younger. She's gonna have to make a move. So he's gonna have to make a move soon. You know, maybe when the tour is up at the end of the year, maybe that's when uh, you, you you know things settle down. The stars align. You're not playing football anymore. She's not on tour anymore. You get down on one knee and you you pop the question and you become part of America's royalty. I mean, if you're Travis Kelsey, yeah, keep doing the podcast with your brother. That's all you really need to do. Jim from Webster wants to weigh in on no. this take. Hey, Here we Jim. go. Hey, Jim. Hey, uh, Tony Romo's going nowhere as long as Jim Nance is the play-by-play guy and Jim Nance rules, as you guys know. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's there's probably some truth. You think so? Because I think Nance wants... If, if, if Romo's showing up unprepared and doesn't know the immaculate reception, like he, he botched that all. I don't know. I think maybe there, Nance is... Golf- go ahead, Jim. They're golf, they're golf buddies, you know? It's never going to happen. Yeah, I kind of yeah. I, I kind of hear what he's saying there. And and I also think, Jim, if if you were to make a play for Kelsey, I think his starting price is already more than what you're paying Romo. Like, I'm, I'm, I'll do it, but I only want to make more than what that guy's making. Okay, well, who would have money to spend? Okay, it's ESPN spent a lot of money, and they're really not in a position to no. spend money. Disney's Fox. trying to get out of that that deal with ESPN. Disney wants to move on from ESPN. Thursday night football. Oh, Amazon, Amazon. You, uh, Amazon. You, 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 you the push, platform. Yeah, you push Kelsey's, Gonzalez yeah. to the side, and you put in Kelsey. I pushed Herb Street out. I would have Kelsey call the game. Oh, you he, want him in the booth with Al? Yeah, with Grumpy Al. Oh boy. <laughs> We already know Al doesn't like Taylor. Okay, maybe that won't work. I would just say this: maybe didn't he get grumpy this year? Because I'm not gonna. We're not gonna talk about Taylor Swift on my broadcast. D got grumpy about that earlier. Okay, so that that, that's yeah. You're you're right. That would never ever happen. But push Al out. You'd have to get the blessing from uh, America's sweetheart in order to get her husband, her future husband, in the booth with Grumpy Al, and Al would have to be like, oh, oh. Al's got to be worried about his job security because Taylor's people will find you. That's right. And they will uh, root you out. Um, so I asked the question before we went to break. Who has the best chips and salsa in town? You think about it, Chino? <sighs> it's okay because no. it's, it's actually a trick question. The answer is the same in any town that has a Chili's. And hey, look, it's hard to mess up a tortilla chip. 
and this is not a slight on any of the local restaurants. I love all the local restaurants. We have a lot of great Mexican restaurants, a lot of good restaurants, but Chili's <laughs> Salsa. It's a solid bubble screen with established lead blockers. Far from chunky, not too much heat. It's elite. Chili's Chips and Salsa, truly bottomless. But the real move here, Gino, ordering chips and salsa from Chili's takeout. Dude, they come out with a bag of chips the size of a feed bag. I mean, party size. Get your party size. Party size is for pansies. This thing is the size of a feed bag. You strap it to a horse head. Sauce comes out in a big styrofoam container. God, I love Chili's chips and salsa. And Gino, I've got a problem. I've been ordering so much. I've resorted to using a different name each time I order so I can roll stealth. You know, I roll up to the Chili's there on Westridge and they're like, yeah, order for Keith. My hand goes up. Oh, Keith. I, I kind of can't believe that I just admitted to the world that I have a Chili's alias, but man, it's worth it for their chips and salsa. Use an alias. When ordering takeout, Gino, flying undercover. I think the take the, the take here is the alias. Like I think somebody out there should be uh, okay. Your name, your party, Mike Danger. No, use an alias. Absolutely, yeah, somebody would be. Yeah, use an alias all the time. So I you, was I was making reservations as Elliot Spitzer for a good chunk of time. <laughs> so you have an alias for your alias? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> huh. Oh boy, you want to crawl inside my head for a few minutes? It's it's not a pretty scene, pal. <laughs> yeah tyler yeah that's me i'm tyler i'll take the chips and salsa that's me tyler yeah. uh but yeah keep everybody on your toes use an alias when you're ordering yeah. takeout use an alias for your uh oh and here's another tip Here, here's another t- <laughs> <laughs> if you ever <laughs> if you ever find yourself in line at wegmans and you're like oh god i really wanted to get uh, the box of pasta two for two bucks or whatever you know like the shoppers club deal but you don't have your shoppers club and it asks for your phone number. Do your area code eight six seven five three zero nine. Works every, every time, time, every time, every time, anywhere, no matter where you are. Know what the area code is. Punch in that number. You'll get the loyalty rewards points if you don't have your card. These life hacks from Mike Danger. Here's, a, here's another fast food life hack for you. Um, <laughs> We had this running joke for a long time where it was always my buddy's birthday. Did you ever pull that? Oh, like, yeah, God. Like, it's your birthday, but it's not. Yeah. It's you know what's really fun? Like, I mean, up. I've been doing this a long time, so long. Like, you probably remember when I had potential, Gino. I remember when we were all younger. This would have been almost 20 years ago. And when I was on PXY, and our st- we had a young staff. We had kids, like 18, 19, 20, 21, all kids like from you know MCC and SUNY Brockport, just getting their feet wet, interning, and, and mm-hmm. then becoming part-time and working in our promotion staff. So I turned 30, and we all went out to uh, a delicious meal at Red Lobster on the Jefferson Road. Okay. And they all... No, was I 30? I might have not even been 30, but they came out with the candles like I was 30. I, I wasn't 30, by the way. I yeah. was like 26, 27. But they came out like, and they made it seem like 30 was so old. And now I just laugh because all those people that I still keep in touch with, they're like hitting their 40s and they've got kids. And they're like, how's that feel? How's that feel, guys? Yeah. Remember that? Remember you made me feel so old when I was, you know, because you were all kids and I was maybe 10 years older than you. How's that feel? You want to feel old? Uh, it, it, you know, whatever, whose birthday was it? This, Tiffany Thiessen turned 50. 
When you get home, look up how no, she celebrated don't her. Don't Google whatever you do. Don't Google Tiffany Thiessen. D- don't, just don't. T- Tiffany Thiessen 50. We should put it on Insta. <laughs> it's like, hey, look, if you're looking that fine at 50, uh, go for it. I, I know one of my pals, uh, Joe, one of our regulars, uh, has, has you know his, his boyhood crush is, is Tiffany Thiessen. He had some strong words for Tiffany Thiessen's 50th birthday picture. This is 50. That there no bigger flex than this is 50, 50. and you still look like a smoke show. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, Jennifer Lopez. Why does it not surprise me? You knew exactly what I was talking Jennifer about. Jennifer Lopez, yeah. Tiffany Thiessen. Like you you see, this is 50. Like God damn. Yeah. I hope that that I hope that's 50. My God. No chance, but maybe, just maybe, we come somewhere. No, not even close. It's amazing. All right, you know what else we got here? Ah, this is gonna, going from you know Tiffany Thiessen to Coach Prime Colorado football. Start out three and zero last year, only to go one and eight in their last nine. Mm, one and eight in their last nine. Nine times. Yeah, it's not the way you want to finish. Well, that was then, and this is now. And next season is actually now. It's this season. Here we go. And what a way set the tone for Coach Prime. You want your team tougher. You don't want them to fade down the stretch. You want them better condition. Who better than in your opening workout to bring in the Marines? Yes. You think you guys are tough? Oh, no, no, no. We hear the Marines. I cannot wait for this. Remember, the Pac-12 is dead. Colorado and the Big 12 this coming season. I cannot wait. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, bring in the Marines, bring in some Navy SEALs. Who else did that? I think Dan Quinn did that when he was the coach in Atlanta, too. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring in some Navy SEALs. How has not McDermott done that yet? That would be like a McDermott move. Just to you know, have these guys fuel their workouts. Are you you know who David Goggins is, right? Have you heard of David Goggins? Are you familiar with David Goggins? I know there are people listening that know who David Goggins. Goggins is uh, an ex Navy SEAL. He's become like this motivational figure, motivational speech guy. He's he's a former Navy SEAL who is he's essentially a psychopath with his workouts and and everything. Like he pushes his body. He'll run marathons with broken feet and, and busted up legs, and he doesn't even like doesn't even bother him back surgeries whatever it is he doesn't even nothing phases this guy he's rock hard that's his 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 slogan is stay hard so you bring a guy like goggins into bill's training camp and show these guys what a workout is and how to fight through pain and how to fight through any injury it doesn't matter like the the human body is capable of so much more than we even possibly could imagine if you're just that mentally tough yeah i love that for coach prime i love that for colorado I don't know what it means for their performance next year, but I can tell you that it'll be entertaining. I wonder if Deion Sanders uses a Chili's alias. John writing in on uh, Elon's Twitter. Danger. Good morning. Good morning. Why isn't your Chili's takeout alias Chuck Muncie? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, should be Charles. Yeah, that's me. I'm Charles. Charles. Yeah. Charles Muncie. <laughs> Uh, Pete tweeting us at the fat of Rochester. Jim Harbaugh strikes me as a guy who does a power ranking for chips and salsa in his local area restaurants. Is that, is that, that's directed at me, right? Does Jim Harbaugh do a power ranking of, I would do a power ranking right now, but I, it, it's a fruitless exercise because Chili's is number one. Nobody else can compete. I don't know what they do. I don't know how they do it. They're chips and salsa. It's elite. And then bring some for championship Sunday. Throw a curveball. 
little curveball in the mix with all the fast food. Appreciate the tweets, guys. Phone calls as well at 866-4-FAN, 866-4326. We got Thad Brown coming up here in a little bit. Uh, There's just some delicious audio last night uh, from the Kings-Sabers game. So Sabers um, entering last night 0-14 when trailing by two goals after one period. Been a rough season. Yeah, and there they were, 3-1 to the Kings, back-to-back nights. Kings need this win. Figure the Sabres are going to lie down. Rookie goalie for the, you know, not really rookie, Devin Levi, young goalie, giving up three. Hot start. Yep, and boy, well, the Sabres kind of turned around. Actually, two guys, you know, talking (laughs) Paterka. Yeah, they didn't lose to the Sabres last night. The Kings lost to the Amherst. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, the anger coming out of that Kings dressing room last night. It wasn't uh, your typical Wednesday night loss here. Um, this And they have some guys that have been on that team for a long, long time. Uh, here's veteran Drew Doughty. I'm blowing a lead against Buffalo. I think we got guys in this room who are too worried about themselves and worried about their points and worried about stuff like that. We get a three-long lead tonight and you know, guys start thinking it's a it's a cookie night and we stop playing the way we know how to play. We have an awful second period and then aren't much better in the third. Uh, it's about the team. It's not about yourself. And a lot of guys on the team gonna need to realize that. Cookie night. <laughs> Got it. If you think, okay, that's that's good. This is better. Like Todd McClellan, who you once called Uko Duke Schneider there. Oh yeah. What was the guy's name from uh what was the band? Accept Balls to the Wall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're what pretty, was his name? Dirk Schneider? Uko Dirk Schneider. Uko Dirk Schneider. <laughs> Tom McClellan looks like Uko Dirkshner. You want to talk about a deep, you know, from, you know, God, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, That's Todd McClellan. Yeah. Tom McClellan sounds like a man who uh, knows his time is up. Um, that's unacceptable. We're up three, one. Uh, we're maybe not playing our best, but the stupidity that went into that loss is beyond explainable. I could come up here and tell you that, Hey, in the past we've been close. Maybe we didn't get some luck around the net, but I haven't until now been able to come in and say, boy, we played really dumb. And that's what we did. Udo Dirk Schneider. Udo. I'm Udo sorry. Dirk Schneider. I'm getting my Uka and a Udo. I again. get it. I yeah. get it. It's tough. Yeah, he's uh boy. When when you lose to the Sabres, it is potentially franchise crippling. Can't lose to the Sabres. You didn't lose to the Sabres. You lost to the Amherst. You lost to Devin Levi, JJ Paterka, and Jack Quinn in that second period. Uh yeah, Udo uh Dirk Schneider who's been there for a while, has gotten them to the playoffs. Nice start to the season. Remember when the Kings weren't losing on the road? Yeah. Like, they started the season hot, and they're falling apart. He's going to lose his job if they find themselves, and he might still lose his job, if they find themselves outside of the Right now, they're still in the West in a playoff position, but they're fading fast. And if they miss out on the, on the postseason, yeah, he's gone. Well, last night, what changed for me, Danger, was this. I'm thinking, whoa, you lost to Anaheim. You lose to the Kings. If you lost to San Jose, would you make the move? Oh. What with with uh, Donnie Meatballs? It, it, look, where's this team going? They're the third worst in the East. If you lose to San Jose in a fashion similar to how you lost earlier this season to Columbus, yeah, I, I would sign up for that. You can't lose to the Sharks. You shouldn't have lost to Anaheim. You can't lose to the Sharks. It's a terrible team. You're going to lose to Justin Bailey. You're going to lose to the ghost of Sabres past. Stop it. Oh, these Sabres. 
I am always when it was when they were in that two nothing hole. I'm like, not tonight, Buffalo. Not tonight. No, this, this was a late start. I mean, you didn't get puck drop until ten thirty. I made it. I made it to the start of the third. And I'm like, look, if they win, I'll be happy, but I don't really care. <laughs> like, whatever happens, happens. If they win, I'll be happy. B- but the start of the third, like, with everything to play for, I'm like, nah, I'm just going to, I'm going to pack it in for it. It was too late, man. Yeah, who, who stayed up for all that last night? God bless you if you did. Yeah. Watching Udo Dirk Schneider lose it post game. <laughs> what was the name of his band? Udo? Except. Except. Yeah, you got your balls to the wall, man. Remember that? Remember that song? Balls to the wall, man. What was the show on MTV on Saturday nights? Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball, yeah. please. For, I mean, I, I probably have VHS tapes saved somewhere in my crawl space of old Headbangers Balls that I used to record just to watch the music videos and the whole thing. It was That, that was must-see TV in my, in my youth. Well, you can go home tonight. And watch them accept. Watch, yeah, watch them accept. Watch, watch them hang headbangers dude, ball if, on if YouTube. If you watch that video, the video for Balls to the Wall, here's what I can promise you. Does not hold up. That's what I can <laughs> no, promise you. I can promise you. Kidding. Yeah, I can promise you that Balls to the Wall by Accept, if you watch the video on YouTube, doesn't hold up. Udo, Dirk Schneider, doesn't hold up. Quite a uh, transition for Udo to become the you know this headbanger to <laughs> be the head coach of the LA Kings. Yeah, if you yeah. could pull it off, but he did. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports Director. Tough act to follow, Thad. We were just talking about balls to the wall, but now we're going to talk to, uh, to Thad about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we're going to do that next here on The Fan Rochester. You can join us at 585-866-4326, 866-4FAN. You're listening to The Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia. On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Moves in the NFL today where Carolina, the Panthers have a new head coach. Dave Canales was formerly the offensive coordinator with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chicago Bears have requested permission to talk to Buffalo Bills defensive line coach Eric Washington. Josh Allen named a finalist for the MVP. Damar Hamlin named a finalist for Comeback Player of the Year. We'll talk some Bills football coming up next. Dad Brown from News 8 to join us here in the Sports Bar. Championship games this weekend. Jared Goff leading his Lions into San Francisco. Just on the road a variety of times throughout the year. and um, Even like you said, going into last year. and uh, Yeah, it, it'll be another hostile environment. It'll be another great team. It'll be another complete team that um, we're going to go in there and do our best to knock them off. And uh, Yeah, It'll be, it'll be a fun game. Emmerichs are home tomorrow night. RIT home tomorrow night as well. Gene Tagle in the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. We just got Debo shoulder. He won't practice. Everyone else is full. Uh, I feel better. More optimistic about his availability for Sunday. Makes me feel better. Now, what is his exact injury? Is it a separation, a bruise, dislocation, a fracture? His shoulder hurts. <laughs> That's all, yeah. Yeah. It just hurts. Yeah, it's Kyle Shanahan. We'll, we'll get Thad's picks on uh, Championship Sunday. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports. Joining us here in the sports bar. Thad, before we, we talk about this weekend's action, there's so much to talk about. 
with the team that we spend the most time talking about here in Western New York, the Buffalo Bills. Just wanted to get your overall impression how the season ended in disappointing fashion. Because to Gino and I, it feels a little bit as if the fans now have kind of almost kind of accepted this as as our our lot in life. There's not as much outrage. It doesn't feel like there's as much outrage this year as there have been in years past. Well, three years in a row. I mean, they they say that what one time is an anomaly, two times is a coincidence, three times is a trend. I mean, that's that's when you start to, you know, feel acceptance. And to be honest, that you know, one of the reactions I had from Locker Cleanout Day, I don't want to call it acceptance, but the the idea and the phrase of, well, you know, thirty one teams all end the year with a loss, only one team can't. I heard that, you know, a little more than I thought I would, you know, to the point where and I guess if you're if you're a human being, which obviously all these guys are at some point you have to get this to a spot where you do not beat your brains in for losing in this round every year. You, there has to be some level of acceptance when you, this happens so many times. So, you know, do, do I think there's like acceptance to use your word? I mean, yeah, I think there is. I think it's with the players too. It doesn't mean that they're going to, they don't care or, or they're okay with this. I just think when, when it happens this often, this many times in a row, you know, a couple of these pretty agonizing, you have to be able to emotionally deal with that. And, and really the only way to cope is to kind of accept it a little bit. And I think it's where not only the fan base probably is, but I think the players and, and management too. And obviously look, they'll come back next year. And, and, you know, for Brandon Bean, you know, March, when you start to get ready for next season, they'll be, they'll be excited and they'll be as fired up as they always are ready to win and everything. But yeah, I, mean, I think a level of acceptance higher than certainly other years almost naturally has to exist for everybody with this. Yeah, Thad, uh, you know, in some of the feedback we've taken, not just this game, but over the last couple months, in regards to Sean McDermott, and this would be year number eight, and year number eight, and if it's only one AFC championship game in, in eight years with Josh Allen at your quarterback, how seat uh, or how hot will be the seat for Sean McDermott next season? A little bit hot. I mean, you know, you and I can sit here and talk about what they should have done, what should have been accomplished what they should accomplish next year. You know, I don't think the owner, Terry Pagula, which is the only vote that matters is anywhere close to wanting to, to part ways with Sean McDermott. And, and for all of the, he hasn't won this or gotten to this arguments, you know, there's the last two seasons from what's happened late in the year, whether it be this year, you know, bouncing back from a six and six start, the article that was published that, you know, pretty much land based it in the turnaround and win six in a row, win a division. That was an impressive piece of coaching. And then last year, you know, what he did keeping the team together after the DeMar Hamlin incident. And, and, you know, again, you can point to Super Bowls and conference championships all you want, but those are things that the owner, I'm, I'm pretty sure is going to look at favorably and it will be hard for McDermott next year. I mean, sort of going four and 13, you know, it's hard to imagine the Bills and Terry Pagula being in a spot where they want to move move on from Sean McDermott, even if the odds against the Bills going to a Super Bowl with this current regime seem to, to you know grow less and less just because of historically, you know, teams that win Super Bowls, it doesn't take this long for a, for a coach-quarterback combo. That on, on the list of reasons why the Bills weren't able to get past Kansas City on Sunday, I wouldn't put Josh Allen anywhere near the top of that list, but at the end of the day, you had three cracks in the fourth down, in the fourth quarter, I should say, and you weren't able to get it done. Is is this the problem with Josh Allen the same as it's ever been? What what exists between the ears is the one thing that can't get him over over that hump. To a degree, yeah, only because the guy on the other side, Pat Mahomes, you know, might be as ridiculous mentally as he is physically, and and it's just it's hard to match that. It doesn't mean that Josh is 
deficient between the years. You know, I think there are areas where he can improve there, but you know, Mahomes is so good. It's hard to keep up with them. And I think probably for the second time um, in the last two playoff meetings between these two quarterbacks, I thought Josh pretty much played Pat Mahomes square, you know, and the problem is though, is, is you kind of got to outplay them and and maybe not necessarily Mahomes specifically, but look, if the bills are ever going to go where they want to go with Josh Allen, he has to be the better quarterback in games where the quarterback on the other side is really good. And that's never been the case, except for the Lamar Jackson, you know, playoff win at home during the COVID year. And, you know, that one, I don't even know how much I put a lot of stock in it because the win was so bad. Quarterback play was kind of irrelevant that day. And Jackson didn't even finish the game. So, you know, Allen has got to find, uh, at least when it comes to Mahomes, maybe Joe Burrow to an extent, a, a different level in these playoff games, which is impossible to do because he's already playing at like a 9.9 out of 10. He was really good in this game, yeah. short of, you know, two or three plays. And same for Mahomes. So, you know, I think back to more directly answer your question, you know, I've always thought that, I mean, I've always thought, but th- th- there is a level of, of mental processing and decision-making that you can question with Josh Allen. That's certainly not as good as Pat Mahomes. Again, it's not fair to compare. But if that's an area where you'd want him to improve going forward, that, that I think that certainly would be one. Thad Brown from News 8, our, our guest here in the sports bar. Thad, uh, before we get to the draft, before we get to free agency, the Bills have to be uh, compliant with the cap, uh, which is going to be a, a challenge here. What, what do you think are the best options here? Are there any good options uh, for Brandon Bean when it comes to figuring out how to do this? Yeah, there are there are a lot of things to do. I mean, Josh Allen's going to have a contract restructure that'll save twenty three million. Um, there are guys that I think are certainly high on the list of potentially being cut. Naheem Hines and Deontay Hardy would save about ten million. Jordan Poyer is on that list for sure. He would save another five million or so. So there there are certainly look. There's always ways to get camp compliant or cap compliant. It's just a matter of accepting the consequences of it. And the big one to me is, do you restructure? Stephon Diggs contract. You can save $13 million by doing that. And if you look around all the other smaller pieces, the bills can, can do to, to improve their cap situation. You know, the Diggs piece to me is kind of like the final straw. If you, if you don't restructure Stephon Diggs, then your off season, it won't be terrible. You can add some pieces, but you're, you're shopping in the bargain basement, Ben, you're signing one year deals, $1.7 million base salary kind of contracts. But if you do do the digs restructure, it opens the door for you can add a guy like a Connor McGovern. You can grab a Leonard Floyd late in the offseason. You have more flexibility. The consequence of that, though, is you have to be locked in to Stephon Diggs on your team for 2024 and 2025. And how much stock do you take into his lack of production this year? If you think that that is just the beginning of you know what is the end of uh, what was an incredible career, then I don't know if you want him on your team in two years, which is what the situation would be if you restructure. So to me, that is the linchpin of the next few weeks of the offseason for the Bills. Do they lock themselves into two years as Stephon Diggs to open up some room this year, or do you bite the bullet this year a little bit and give yourself more flexibility to not only separate from Diggs after 24, and but also potentially provide more cap flexibility in the future after that. Is that the only, or are those the only options with Diggs? Is there a possibility that we show up at St. John Fisher University and Diggs isn't a Buffalo Bill? No, because the the, uh, cap situation they're in right now and the contract situation they're in right now is still pretty uh, um, impossible to move him somewhere else. Um, You'd have to find a team that would want to, help the bills out financially quite a bit. And I just, I don't think that's going to happen for a receiver 
who's 30 plus. I mean, they never say never, but I would find it very, very unlikely. Yeah. If we get to Fisher, I don't think we're going to have any, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating here when it comes to Von Miller, any resolution about his off the field issue. Um, but if we get to if we get to the month of June, could you see the Bills biting the bullet with Von Miller and spreading that head out over two years? That not impossible. Um, I don't know how much of a benefit there is because the contract is so big, and you can't spend that money that you that that cap space that you would get until after June first, when most of the free agents have been accounted for anyway. I don't see the benefit there. You know, look, when you go into the season, there's a, there's an amount of money you need as like an emergency fund, like a slush fund in case, for example, with the bills that this year, you have multiple injuries on defense to be able to go out and add something. But I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but I felt like the, the Von Miller number that you would gain after June 1st would be maybe twice as much as you need for that. So it doesn't quite fit to, take that money and spread it over. You're not gaining that much this year because you can't spend it on main free agency. And it's probably more than you need for after that. So why then add dead cap to 2025 when you don't have to, when you could probably suck it up this year and and move on. But every situation is different. You know, if the bills get to June, July, like they did this year, and there's a guy like Leonard Floyd available and they want to spend some money on it, then maybe, but I don't think that would be something I think is likely. That with uh, the, the end- thing too with that, I'm sorry, guys. The other thing with two of that is that if he gets suspended, that decision might be made for you anyway. The uh, end of season press conferences earlier this week, and now the dust settling on another season. I'm wondering that if you're hearing any rumblings about uh, coaching staff changes. We know that there have been some interviews. Eric Washington going to interview to be the Bears' defensive coordinator. Bobby Babich with the Giants. Are you? We certainly have questions about special teams. Do you have any sense that there could be some uh, some sort of a shakeup here on McDermott's coaching staff? I don't think so, but it might be forced upon him if you know if Eric Washington gets a job elsewhere, if Babbage, like you guys mentioned, gets a job elsewhere, even you know Joe Brady potentially could end up as a, an offensive coordinator somewhere else, depending on what everybody wants to do, money involved, who knows? Um, I, I wouldn't think it's likely. I think Brady probably will get the job in Buffalo and stay, but I think it only happens if it's required because enough guys leave that the bills have to have to find somebody new to replace other you know coaches who've gotten promotions special teams though do we need a makeover in terms of personnel at the very least that you mean are we talking like coverage teams and everything or just the kickers I think everything I I, I the, the exception being the Miami return but you can point to other games like Say, for instance, the Jets opener or the 12 men on the field. At the like, There have been other instances where special teams this year it cost the Buffalo Bills. Well, Saran Neal is one of the guys who you know could save a bunch of money if the Bills were to release him. And he's been a, a primary special teams guy for a while. Tyler Matikiewicz, I think, is also in that group. So you, you could see some of the, the special teams holdovers, certainly. Uh, turning over, they're not going to move on from Tyler Bass. I don't think they should. He had a bad half a season after four, you know, three and a half good years. Um, Sam Martin, you know, I, I think is a guy they probably want to have back, but not a, not someone you have to have back. So I wouldn't be stunned if there's a decent amount of makeover with the, the players. I mean, that, that's kind of the group that turns over a decent amount anyway, year to year. It's not impossible. They might move on uh, coaching wise there too, but um, I have not heard anything to indicate that. Thad, when I look back to Sunday and uh, think about you know th- some of the elements of the game that didn't go the Bills' favor, one of the things that that 
that was really surprising to me was just how little of involvement there was from the Bills' defensive line, especially when you consider all that they've invested in that front four. That unit came into the game healthy. That unit uh, didn't show up last year in the divisional round. And I'm wondering here, looking ahead to free agency, looking ahead to the draft, because it, it, to my eyes, feels like they've built a team uh, around the coach, maybe a little bit more so than they have around the quarterback, or at least at minimum, you could say that the return and investment and what they've invested offensively has been far greater than what they've gotten as an ROI on the defensive side of the ball. Well, I think that's part of that is the coaches are better. I mean, you look at the guys who are being interviewed for jobs. Bobby Babich has frankly proven himself as one of the better defensive coaches in the NFL. He was in charge of safeties when Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer showed up. Their careers took off. He moved over to linebacker, and suddenly, you know, Matt Mono always was good, but now he's an all-pro. Terrell Bernard has a great year. John Butler, you know, the, the secondary coach, has always been, for, in my opinion, one of the best assistant coaches the Bills have. Sean McDermott, you know, had proved again this year he's a good defensive coordinator. But you go to the other side of the ball, you know, they've gone through, you know, multiple offensive line coaches. I think they've finally settled on Aaron Cromer as a, a, an ideal option. They're on with three offensive coordinators now in three years. Brian Dable was good, but the last two, you know, Ken Dorsey got fired. Uh, Joe Brady, the book, to be fair, stalled a little bit. So the coaching is just better on defense. So, yeah, it's going to look like those players are better, you know, to begin with. Um, you know, in terms of, of where you started that question, to me, the most disappointing part from the Bills' point of view of the game on Sunday was the number of players who were good all year long who were the absolute opposite of good in that game. On offense, Connor McGovern had his worst game of the year, gave up a bunch of pressures. Some of it was Chris Jones, who's just that good. But this is a guy who's been a lockdown pass protector for you all year just played awful. But the number one guy to me is Ed Oliver, yeah. who just got dominated up and down the field. Joe Tooney's great. He made Ed Oliver look replacement level. It wasn't just Tooney, though. Everybody that the Chiefs put on Ed Oliver single blocked him all day. And that's why, why did the run game work so well? Because Oliver and Daquan Jones, who usually both can occupy two blockers, can be such a pain in the neck that it takes four guys to block them. In this game, they were being blocked by two. So now you've got two extra blockers to go downhill, to get on Dotson, to get on defensive backs, to get on A.J. Klein. And it was just, all that was left for the Bills was Jordan Poyer or Dane Jackson in the hole making a tackle. And when they each missed a couple, you have these big explosive runs. It all I mean, people laugh at the cliche, but in this game, it all started up front for the Bills on defense. And when those D tackles, and especially at Oliver, just absolutely no-showed this game, everything else trickled downhill from there. Yeah, that that defensive line position, we're gonna be, you know, keeping tabs on this. And I know Bills fans will roll their eyes if the Bills went uh D line in the first round, but that might be a need here. And my question to you is as we look at the list of free agents here. Which of these defensive linemen would you say would you would have the best chance at resigning? Would it be AJ Epineza? Would it be Daquan Jones? Leonard Floyd, you know, locker clean out day, made it be known. Hey, I, you know, I'm gonna go where the money is. I think when you talk about best chance to resign, it might be Epinesa simply because he'd probably be the cheapest. But I don't know if in terms of best chance to also sign and then get banged for your buck. I think it's probably Jones. The hope is is that coming off a season where he, he missed most of the year with an injury, that there's questions about his durability. He's still an excellent player. Didn't play uh, great against the Chiefs for sure, but was good enough the last few weeks to where I feel good about bringing him back. There's no doubt that the Bills have a dying need defensive line. I mean, they have what, four guys under contract right now on a team that normally will rotate eight 
at minimum in a game. So there's four spots that have to be filled by somebody. And, you know, you would hope that the Bills are able to bring some of their own guys back. I would right now bet against Leonard Floyd coming back for exactly the reason that you guys brought up. He had a great year. He certainly earned a bunch of money. I don't think he's going to be lying around until July trying to find a job. I think he, he gets a multi-year contract somewhere else. So Jones would be the, the priority for me. Um, he does so many things in the middle that if you can bring him back and, and as a defensive tackle who's not a eight-sack-a-year guy, he's not going to break the bank for you. I think that's the guy I'd want to have back if I'm a Bills fan or Brandon Bean. Now, Thad, we, we have allowed ourselves to break the draft seal, and, and of course there's going to be opinions varying on what the Bills should do in the first round. So I, I guess the question I'm going to keep asking people is, what do you think the Bills should do and what do you think the Bills will do? Because we've known through the course of time that, that what we think they should do is usually different than what they actually end up doing. Uh, receiver and receiver are the answers to both questions. I, I don't think there's any question about where, where the Bills have a need. I mean, look, they're going to have needs other places, but you know, defensive tackle and safety are, are not spots I, I want to be spending a first-round pick on, even a late first-round pick. Um, if you can get an edge rusher down there, great. I mean, the Bills have a, a pretty bad need there as well. But you know, sitting here right now, that's where I think that they would probably want to and, and would still go. This draft is supposed to be pretty receiver-rich, so you can get a guy at, at pick 28. And I think you, know, you, you look at some of the guys who've been stars you know, the last few years in the NFL, Justin Jefferson a few years ago, uh, more recently, Tank Dell, Michael Pittman. You know, these aren't maybe the best receiver in the NFL, but they're pretty solid number ones. You can find that guy, you know, late in round one, in round two, in round three. So the draft is going to take a thousand twists and turns between now and the end of April when it happens. And even on, you know, day one, the Bills may want to get a receiver, but if they get outmaneuvered or if guys go earlier or if the particular guy they think is a fit isn't available, then they may have to go somewhere else. But sitting here right now, January, whatever, four months away, I'd say receiver is the call. Yeah, um, as we wrap up here, we have some breaking news in the sports. Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Yeah, that's our sounder for uh, breaking news here. Um, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons apparently have made their choice. It's Raheem Morris as their next head coach. Look at that. Yeah! So Raheem Morris <laughs> and I... Are both class of 1998 Hofstra University graduates. Look at you! So I'm very really? excited for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know him a little bit. Um, do the Bills play the Falcons next year? I don't think we do. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, when he was coaching the Bucks, I, I ran. I talked to him a little bit before the game. Had a good conversation. What a great guy! Couldn't be happier for him. Um, you know, he, he's done a good job of bouncing back. Probably got a head coaching job a little earlier than he should have, but has been really good as a coordinator. A couple different spots. You know, a Rams this year. And, uh, you know, now going to get an opportunity with the Falcons on a roster that, you know, outside of quarterback, which, you know, is a significant need, is pretty stacked otherwise. So um, he's going to get a chance in a division that ain't very good. So very excited for him. But I know the, the, the general reaction is, well, what happens to Bill Belichick Right. Now? And I think the answer, the answer to that is he plays some golf because it doesn't seem like there's any openings left that, that he'd be interested in. And frankly, if he was that hot a candidate, I think the Falcons would have would have picked him. I mean, the idea of Bill Belichick losing out of a job to checks notes, Raheem Morris is all you need to know about what the opinion of Belichick is right now. Wow. Doesn't mean he won't ever be back in the NFL, but but I, I think he is he is on TV if he's doing anything with uh, NFL related this year. So Thad, uh, walk us through that because it is is it a, a just a 
a chasm between where we as fans and we in the media view Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel for that matter is terms of like hot head coaching, uh, you know, uh, prospects that the opportunities with, with all of these openings that you had this off season to get Belichick only getting one interview. Vrabel is still out there. Carroll has to campaign just to get an interview. Are, are we just that far off in terms of how ownership of these teams views these men that have pretty remarkable resumes? Well, NFL is a copycat league, right? And and the hot thing in the NFL right now is young and offensive. And Carol and Belichick are old and defensive. And right there, off the bat, they're they're you know playing from behind when it comes to you know trying to get a coaching job, even with all the Super Bowls both guys have. And to be honest, you know you know Belichick hasn't looked great, hasn't been impressive as a head coach the last two or three years. And maybe it's not fair because, you know, Mac Jones might be that bad. And, and, you know, when, when, uh, the, the Patriots, um, go with Jared Mayo, he might win four and five games in the next two years with terrible quarterbacks. We might appreciate Belichick a little more, but right this second, he doesn't look like a, a great coach. I need to have on my team unless I have a, a really good quarterback to go with him. But the Falcons don't have that. And, and the, really the one team that did have that wouldn't hire Jim Harbaugh. So, you know, that, that leaves those guys kind of, um, when the music stops, they're not going to have a chair. Now, Mike Rabel is going to be a coach in the NFL again at some point. You know, maybe not this year, but but that guy did too good a job for too long with Tennessee to to be on the bench for too long. He might be out this year, but that frankly is just going to benefit whatever team lands him next year. He's going to be back. As for Carolyn Belichick, it's not out of the realm those two guys are down as head coaches in the NFL. Wow, Thad Brown, News Eight. Uh, what is happening tonight on News Eight? We can check out here, Thad. So let's see, Thursday, uh, Section 5 Best is our uh, weekly high school feature talking about some of the different fun stories that are going on in Section 5 sports. So that'll be the big thing going on uh, News 8, 6, and 11. As for me, um, I am now on what we call the station the sabbatical. Mm. Once uh, football season ends, I have a number of uh, comp days and vacation time stored up that I will be spending. So although I pretty much uh, I hope everyone out there will be uh, watching Channel 8 on a regular basis. They will not be watching me all too often for the next few weeks. Well, you've earned that time, man. Great coverage throughout the course of the season. We know what a grind it is. Before I let you go, I wanted to get your picks for Championship Sunday. Who do you like? Baltimore and San Fran. I thought for a while those two teams are a step, maybe a step and a half past everyone else. I think Baltimore proved it with the way they dominated Houston in the second half last weekend. And, and although, I'll tell you what, Detroit is a dangerous team because Dan Campbell is aggressive slash reckless enough to just throw any game on its ear. But, you know, the Niners not really doing much of anything last week and escaping against Green Bay makes me feel a little better about their chances to make it to the Super Bowl. Dad, appreciate it, man. Appreciate the time and enjoy your time here. We'll uh, catch up again real soon. Yeah, guys, thanks for saying that, and uh, thanks for having me on, man. I always appreciate it. Yeah, there he is. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports Director, uh, sharing some thoughts on the end of the season for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, and some breaking news with Raheem Morris. Who knew that they graduated the same class at Hofstra? Not I. I had no idea. No. Yeah, that was a good good natural reaction to finding out that somebody you really like just got another shot. Raheem Morris going to the Falcons. Bill Belichick is not. Wow. Like... That's a story that you and I, pretty much everybody, had wrong. Oh, Bill Belichick, he's going to have his choice of... It always felt weird, though, Belichick, with, with Atlanta. Always felt weird. You know why, though? He was an entertainment because that was the only team that really reached out to him. Well, I'll also say this about Atlanta's coaching search. 
they cast a wide net. They talk to everybody. I mean, they really, really cast a wide net. So they have to feel pretty strongly about a guy that has some roots with that team. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what Raheem Morris can do with another opportunity as a head coach in the NFL now with the Atlanta Falcons, a little bit of breaking news. Oh, and also uh, I saw cross my feet as well. One of our friends, Dino Baber's got a gig. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, no, no. Offensive coordinator for Arizona. All right, Wildcats. Dino. Yeah, Very so good, Dino. Dino's uh, going to be on a sideline uh, out west uh, as the OC for the uh, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break, come back with happy hour next in the sports bar. We'll recap not just that bit of breaking news, Raheem Morris, but also discuss Jim Harbaugh, Dave Canales. It's these head coaching vacancies. These dominoes are starting to fall, and on the outside looking in are some of the names that you thought would be, be your prime candidates. We also... Coming up in the shot segment next hour has some hot uniform talk out of baseball. The one team you would never, ever expect to do something. They're doing it. And I don't know if we'll have time to do it, but because we brought it up last segment before we had that on and it just was in my head. Does the balls to the wall music video hold up? Oh, it does not. It does oh. not. We may do a little deconstruction of Uno. What was his name? Uno. Udo. Duke, Duke, Duke and Meyer. Duke Schneider. Duke Schneider, who also looks like Todd McClellan of the LA Kings. We may do a deconstruction if we have time. I'm not going to promise anything. We do have time for your calls if you want to join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That number is open for you at 866-4-FAN. 585-866-4326. <laughs> You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester.